care everyone and welcome back to unknown serial killers as always we're here to talk about the killer lurking in the neighborhood who people think is a model citizen of course viewers discretion is advised because we're talking about murder violence and possible drug use on this episode we're talking about terry blair terry blair was born on september 16 1961 in kansas city missouri he was the fourth eldest of 10 siblings and was born to a mother who suffered from mental illness and only had finished the ninth grade he has two sons terry blair jr and marcel johnson he has two grandsons demarcus and kimon johnson many in terry's family have faced criminal charges including murder Terry's mother, Janice Blair, shot and killed her common-law husband on August 16, 1978. She entered an Alford plea for second-degree murder and was sentenced to five years of probation with the condition that she received counseling, therapy, and psychiatric treatment. Six months later, Terry's brother, Walter Blair Jr., allegedly killed 16-year-old Sandy Shannon during a robbery. Walter was charged with capital murder, robbery, and assault but the case was dropped after witnesses refused to testify. On August 19, 1979, Walter Blair abducted and shot and killed 21-year-old Catherine Jo Allen. Allen was the alleged victim in a rape case, and Walter was paid $6,000 to kill her. He confessed to the murder, but later recanted. Walter was convicted of capital murder, sentenced to death, and executed on July 21, 1993, at the age of 32. Terry's sister, Juanita U. Blair, her husband, Noel White III, and another man faced charges for the murder of James L. Bell, whose body was found on September 27, 1980. Bell has been stabbed 30 times. Juanita agreed to testify against her husband in exchange for charges against her being dropped. However, state law forbids spouses from testifying against each other. In 1984, White III pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and received a 12-year sentence. White III would be murdered by his son and Terry's nephew, Noel White IV, in 2001. White IV pleaded guilty to second-degree murder for killing his father and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. In December 1989, Juanita killed her boyfriend, Pablo P. Gomez, a drug dealer from Cuba. Gomez's body was found bound and gagged. According to prosecutors, Gomez had threatened to cut off his girlfriend's supply of crack cocaine. Juanita says she and a male friend did not intend to kill Gomez and only tied him up so they could take his drugs and money. She and her friend then went to a neighbor's apartment and said they had messed up Pablo before smoking crack that night. In August 1990, Juanita pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and received a 10-year sentence. She was released from prison in December 1999. On June 25, 1992, Terry's older brother, Clifford Miller, abducted a woman, forced her to perform oral sex at an abandoned house, and then beat her unconscious. The victim was hospitalized for more than two months. Her injuries consisted of a gunshot wound to the arm, a fractured skull, a broken jaw, and smashed cheekbones. The injury to the victim's arm was so serious that she had to get a bone in her arm replaced with metal. In 1994, Clifford was convicted convicted forcibly sodomy, assault, kidnapping, and armed criminal action. He was sentenced to two life terms plus 240 years. In December 1999, another 
of Terry's brother, Daniel Blair, pleaded guilty to federal drug charges and was sentenced to eight years and four months in prison. He and another man had been dealing crack. Daniel was released from prison on January 19, 2007. Two other nephews of Terry had faced criminal charges. In 2011, Diamond Blair, who had previously served part of an 18-year sentence for kidnapping, robbery, and forcibly sodomy as a teenager, was convicted of federal firearm charges and sentenced to 24 years and five months in prison. In 2013, he was convicted of second-degree murder, first-degree robbery, and two counts of armed criminal action for killing 22-year-old Monty Kevin Ashland during a robbery in Kansas City on June 24, 2009. Diamond was sentenced to two life terms plus 100 years on those charges. On appeal, his robbery conviction and one of his armed criminal action convictions were overturned, reducing his state sentence to life plus 50 years. However, his other two convictions were upheld. In December 1991, William Blair, then 16, received a 15-year sentence for first-degree robbery. He was released from prison on September 28, 2003. William later faced 88 charges of robbery, assault, and armed criminal action for a series of violent armed robberies at bars and other businesses from December 3, 2003 to January 8, 2004. In some of the robberies, he and three other robbers would fire warning shots, kick, shove, pistol whip, and threaten to kill employees and customers. On October 7, 2004, William pleaded guilty to 17 counts of first-degree robbery, 19 counts of armed criminal action, one count of attempted robbery, and one count of first-degree assault. In exchange for his guilty plea, the other 50 charges were dropped. So this whole family has a lengthy rap sheet okay so this doesn't start with just one person the whole family just has everything going on everybody has been in jail at least once or twice and it's not for no you know petty theft breaking into cars or things like this this is this is robbery this is rape this is kidnapping this is murder so of course if you grew up with all of this then Guarantee your life is going to be filled with crime, and so is your siblings. In 1982, Blair was found guilty of killing Angela Monroe, the mother of two of Blair's children, and pregnant at the time. Blair was sentenced to 25 years imprisonment for his murder and was released on parole after serving 21 years. According to court records, he was angry with Monroe for performing acts of prostitution. Alerted by a strong odor, a neighbor notified, noticed two women's bodies in the garage of an abandoned home and notified police on September 2nd, 2004. Late in the evening of September 3rd, an anonymous male caller contacted 911 dispatch to claim responsibility for killing the two victims discovered the day before and notified police where to find an additional body hidden in an alley a few blocks away from the first two. The caller contacted 911 again on September 4th to reveal the location of two more victims in an overgrown area near a highway and promised to call again. He stopped contacting dispatchers after a news station leaked information about how the caller was using a cell phone. Police found several additional murder victims, one of whom had earlier been classified as a drug overdose and several women who reported rapes and assaults possibly linked to the murders. All the victims were found in a small radius near Prospect Avenue.
this is ridiculous. Investigators gradually narrowed down on Blair as a suspect. He was on parole for the 1982 murder of Monroe and also matched the description given by a woman who claimed to have survived rapes and physical assaults. A witness claimed Blair had threatened to kill prostitutes. Investigators were not able to tie Blair directly to the cell phone used to make the 911 calls as it had been stolen and subsequently used only to make emergency 911 calls. But cell towers data established that the calls originated near where he lived. Blair was initially arrested on a parole violation charge, had failing to stay in contact with a probation officer, and was later charged with the homicides. On October 15, 2004, Terry Blair was charged with eight counts of first-degree murder, one count of first-degree assault, and three counts of forcible rape. Prosecutors agreed not to seek the death penalty in exchange for Blair waiving his rights to a jury trial, and thus Judge John O'Malley oversaw the bench trial. Two of the murder charges for Sandra Reed and Neela Harris were dropped. The rape and assault charges were also dropped. Although the evidence was mainly circumstantial, Blair's DNA was found on victim Sheila McKenzie. Blair's defense was that this item of victim of evidence only proved that he had engaged in sex with the victim. The prosecution countered that since she didn't tear herself up afterwards, Blair must have been the last to see her alive. Blair denied making the 911 calls and the prosecution introduced testimonies to confirm the asserations that Blair made the 911 calls. The judge ruled the weight of evidence indicated the voice was Blair's. Judge O'Malley ruled Blair guilty on March 27, 2008. He was sentenced to six life sentences with no possibility of parole for the next, oh, sorry, life sentences with no possibility of parole for these six murders. Because Blair continued to deny responsibility for the crimes, his motives cannot be understood beyond a compulsion to kill prostitutes. Blair is currently housed in the Potosi Correctional Center in Mineral Point, Missouri. Blair appealed his conviction, but his appeal was denied by the Missouri Court of Appeals in April and August 2009. Wow. So this family alone, without even including him, has just a horrible outcome and upbringing. And him being the oldest the siblings follow after him or he follow after them however whatever the whole family just is out there just killing people without no remorse i appreciate you guys for tuning in this week make sure you tune in again next week as we uncover more unknown serial killers i have to always tell you guys be nice to people you never know who they kill see you guys next week